Hey everybody, this is Sam and you're listening to the Deep End Podcast, the show that provides you with juicy relationship, sexual and personal development tips and insights. A podcast for deep thinkers and feelers who love personal growth and want to experience healthy relationships. Having a healthy relationship with yourself and others is one of the most fulfilling things we can we can experience as humans. That's why I am so passionate about going deep and why I have interviewed leading experts in the field. Join me weekly for unfiltered, uncensored, and unedited conversations with the most interesting humans I know. I'll meet you in the deep end. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the show. Today I want to speak about boundaries and this is something that I have been journeying with for many years, being a people pleaser, somebody who's had very loose boundaries. Um, I have worked very hard in cultivating a very healthy relationship with myself and my healthy no. And look, I'm not perfect. I will admit that. I still say yes sometimes when I really want to be saying no, but this is coming from you know a generous heart and a space of wanting to give and you know the lessons we learn when we overgive is the self-abandonment and we learn that um yeah we need to fill up our own cups first and so sometimes we need to keep making the mistake until we learn that now what sparked my inspiration to talk about boundaries today was this conversation I had with a friend yesterday about um, something that he experienced with a housemate. And he started off telling me the story and his housemate came to him and said, this is my boundary. And everything that came out of her mouth afterwards was coming from quite a charged place. And I've had run-ins with people in the past and I've I've explored the shadows of boundaries so there is so much empowerment that can be experienced with executing and asserting your boundaries in a really healthy way the moment we say so this is the thing about this particular situation in this scenario is that this person wasn't taking responsibility for their boundaries and was trying to control her housemate and um, assert her boundaries because she was feeling triggered. So this happens a lot. I used to do this. We do this when we start to learn about what boundaries are and we get a little bit confused. I've noticed that people get a little bit confused about what boundaries mean and, and how they show up in relationships. So There is an empowered version of asserting your boundaries and then there's a disempowered version and it's quite nuanced and I want to explore both of these, these versions of boundaries. So I'll give you an example of um, somebody that I saw on Facebook once who shared how she would like to be communicated with. And she said, if you want to contact me, if you want to send me a message, you need to either send me a message with the words ask or share at the beginning. So if you're sharing something with me, you need to preface the message with share. And if you're asking me something, then you need to preface the message with ask. Now, this was coming from, in my opinion, a very disempowered place because this person wasn't taking responsibility for their own boundaries and was asserting a sense of control on the way other people choose to show up and express themselves with her. 
And I saw this as a lack of empowerment and a sense of disempowerment, victimizing herself, feeling overpowered and overwhelmed by messages that she was receiving. We cannot control the way other people behave. The only thing that we have control of is how we respond. And so boundaries become this self-managed, this self-managed thing, right? So the empowered version of that is having a healthy relationship with social media and not opening messages or inboxes, like not opening your inbox until you have a regulated nervous system or you're feeling open to receiving messages. And if you are a busy business person and, you know, you're consistently getting messages, then it's your responsibility to educate your followers, educate your listeners, educate the people around you with how to best get in contact with you. And so if people keep messaging you, keep messaging you, messaging you, and they're not getting in touch with you, that's you honoring your boundary that you're not available for being messaged via messenger and that the, the way to contact you is via email. And that's your boundary not to cross that, to, to just only be available to receiving emails and checking your emails, right? That's a self-responsible boundary. It's not up to you to decide how other people behave and how they show up in your in your world, right? Another thing that I remember experiencing is, um, you know, I had a friend of mine like completely bypass the trigger. And so instead of doing the inner work and looking at why she was feeling triggered, she would assert a boundary and completely um, like block people out from just basically where this was coming from was such a deep level of discomfort of the behavior of other people and a lack of responsibility of looking into her own stuff. And so therefore she's like, this is my boundary. Um, you need to not do what you're doing. That's triggering me in order for me to feel comfortable. And if you do what you do, that triggers me, then I'm going to disempower myself and say, this is my boundary. And you're crossing my boundary by being yourself. And so this shows up in relationships, right, where people get really confused with boundaries. You are responsible for your own boundaries. Now, there are rules of engagement that we can explore when we're having conversations with people by just simply checking in and noticing if somebody is available to receive what you have to share. So you're checking in with their boundary in the sense of like, hey, like this is an example, you're like, hey, I've had a really hard day at work or I've had this thing come up with some family members or, you know, I'm having an issue with a friend. I'd really love to share that with you. Do you have space and capacity to listen or hold space for me or receive what I have to share? That then gives that person the opportunity to tune in with their own boundaries to see if they have capacity because, Sometimes we just like to emotionally dump our shit on people without checking in with where they're at. And that's, uh, this is an opportunity for you to cultivate a sense of healthy relationship communication and checking in with people and not just emotionally dumping your stuff. Because if you are, if you're just like unloading 
on somebody who's not really going to be receiving you and offering you the best support that you could probably get, you're almost wasting your time and energy as well. So, you know, the boundaries have a huge relationship with standards. And my question to people is, what is your standard of quality in the conversations that you have? And so if your standard of quality in the conversations that you have is to have a lack of presence because somebody isn't actually, doesn't have the capacity to hold space for you, so they're not fully present with you, then that's fine. That's your prerogative. But if you're somebody like me who values high quality relating and high quality connections and intimacy, then checking in with somebody is going to be a priority and tuning into what they're available for is going to be really empowering for the connection and the authenticity in that, in that communication and that um, in like that exchange. So where boundaries are empowering is when somebody and this is it's what what's really difficult for people who are people pleasers is that the reason why people pleasers say yes so frequently is because people pleasers have a hard time with rejection right so we're in this space it's a, it's a fear response as well but we're in the space of like people pleasing because we want to get approval which can be quite manipulative we can go into that on another on another podcast episode However, because the people pleaser is so uncomfortable with rejection or receiving rejection, they will often struggle to reject or find it challenging to reject because they project, a people pleaser will project that the person that they're rejecting or saying no to will not take that well. You don't want to like inflict rejection on somebody. And sometimes this is really deep. This is like something, a pattern that I've noticed and been observed within myself. And I imagine this would be something that happens for a lot of people is this thing that we do where we're like, oh, if I reject them, then they might not like me because they might feel that sting of rejection and they might think that I am being mean or like disapproving of them. Then I'm not going to be likable because to be you know, somebody that says no, that's not likable because I don't like that. I don't like that when somebody says no to me. I feel really uncomfortable. So I don't want somebody to think that of me. And so we feed this loop of like seeking approval, faking our expression or modifying our expression to suit people just to get that validation, to get that hit. And what people pleases in particular fail to understand is that building a relationship on inauthenticity isn't going to create a deep sense of intimacy and by saying yes to the other person you're saying no to yourself and the self-abandonment that is that's a really big wound to 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 inflict on yourself and it's it's a it's a long journey to reclaim that power and to come back to yourself when you have disregarded or disowned or you know just ignored what your true desires are and then what ends up happening is when we override our own boundaries when 
you know, it's a journey. So you're saying yes to all these people. You're saying yes to your partner. You're overcompensating, overgiving in exchange for approval. The byproduct of this behavior is resentment. And resentment is the biggest killer of intimacy. So just let that sit for a bit. Resentment is the biggest killer of intimacy. So somebody who has really weak boundaries and is overcompensating and overgiving and saying yes when they want to say no will possibly and probably have a subtle expectation that the person that they're giving to will give back to them. And for somebody who has loose boundaries, if they're relating with somebody who has really solid boundaries and has a very healthy relationship with their no and is able to assert their no and say no to things, the person with weak boundaries or the people pleaser or to that nature, that person will start to judge the other person as being selfish So if you're somebody who sees others as being selfish, there's most likely a part of you that desires a little bit more attention and desires to be a little bit more selfish. So if you're feeling triggered by other people's behavior of selfishness, then there's a disowned part within yourself and there's a mirror and a reflection there that's worth looking at. Speaking from experience, right? I remember having a friend and I was like, she's so selfish, doesn't even consider anybody else. And like, what I've learned is that, yeah, the people pleaser has been a fear response and it has been there to protect me. And I also love having a relationship with my people pleaser archetype. And I love that I have been a people pleaser because this has given me the skill of being highly attuned to my environment and being able to read the room and being able to support people and nurture people and give to people because I can read them. The people pleaser is able to really read the room and really read people's facial expressions and really read people because it's like a survival, it's a survival mechanism that we've built to not get rejected by the tribe. And so when I can channel that skill, because I'm not going to disown being a people pleaser, when we shame and guilt ourselves for these aspects, um, it just creates more shadow. It creates more unconscious behavior. We're not integrating that. So I've integrated the people pleaser and now I can assert when I am going to support people without self-abandoning. So there's little aspects of the people pleaser that is like, nurturing and loving and compassionate and caring and you know I went from being a massive people pleaser to being so cold and so unavailable for people like people pleasing at all like I didn't give a fuck so I've gone to both sides of the spectrum and now I'm like in this healthy balance and in this equilibrium of being able to discern when I want to say yes and no now guys I am not a master in this I'm not about to sit here and pretend that I have got this handled because I do not there's still a fear response there that my nervous system is catching up to my intellectualized conceptualization of what it means to be a people pleaser and how to assert my no I still get uncomfortable in my body when I say no and it's hard it's hard to sit there because it 
it takes time. It takes years for the nervous system to uh, change. It takes years for the nervous system to catch up because our body, our body is an instrument and our nervous system has installed layers of protection and people pleasing is a fawn fear response. And it comes from, you know, trying to keep the peace, which is something else that I do keeping the peace. And that comes from my childhood, you know, like not wanting to shake things around, not to, not wanting to cause disruption. Um, some of it's inherited as well from our family. And some of it is, you know, a response, a fear response from potential abuse in our childhoods. So, the thing is, it's not getting caught up in that story. It's not like we're not going to blame our parents or blame our childhood for what happened. It's about understanding, okay, this is where the, the, this is the origin of this pattern. I can acknowledge that. I can own that. So when I'm experiencing something in the here and now, I get to take responsibility and I get to empower myself and remind myself this present moment this moment right here of like this desire of keeping the peace or people pleasing is something totally different to what I experienced in the past and so it's re rewiring my nervous system and my relationship with the current moment the present moment the present situation and reminding myself in that moment that I'm safe, that my body is safe, that keeping the peace is not my responsibility and having compassion towards people who might be having conflict but also knowing that it's theirs and not mine. And this is, you know, it's the, it's a journey to create that relationship with your body and your mind and to train yourself to, to safety. So yeah, boundaries, 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 boundaries are really difficult for people pleasers to um, assert and that's okay. Um, and so some people, like I said, go on the other side and they're just like, I'm out of control over how I'm feeling. And so I'm going to make you behave a particular way or try and control your behavior so that I feel comfortable. And that's not how this works. Whenever you feel triggered by somebody, there's work there for you to do. If somebody is crossing your boundary and you're feeling angry, that's a different story in terms of like, um, you know, your sense of safety is being compromised. There's, 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 there's that as well. So an example of that is like, if you're communicating to your partner and you're saying, look, I'm not, um, I'm not available for sex tonight and, or I'm not available for sex at night. And then your partner tries to kiss you and tries to like seduce you. They're overstepping your boundary because you have communicated that you're not available for sex and you don't want to have sex and they're overriding that. And so you might feel angry in those moments and that is good. Anger is good because that indicates that somebody is not honoring you or listening to your boundary. Another great example could be that you are wanting some time and space 
from your partner and you have expressed that you need time and space, you don't want to communicate for a day. And then they contact you and call you and message you. And so when somebody does that, they're not respecting your boundaries. The empowered place that you get to be in is like not answering their calls or responding to their text messages. And then also communicating that you're not available for that communication. So anger will then demonstrate to you that, yeah, I'm my boundaries are being crossed right now. And then that's when you address that conversation, you address that situation accordingly by communicating to your partner, hey, you know, I expressed to you that I needed some time and space and I feel like you really disrespected me in that. I feel like you didn't really respect or honor me in that. And um, I'm feeling really charged and triggered because when when you called me and texted me when I asked you for space, I feel like you weren't really listening to what I needed. And um, that makes me feel like I can't trust you or that makes me feel like you don't care about what I need or that makes me feel like, yeah, when you did this, I feel quite unseen and unheard and owning that owning those feelings not like you did this so you're wrong because people will fuck up (laughs) we're all human and boundaries are permeable you know if you have rigid boundaries and you're trying it's, it's an indication of like being quite controlling and pedantic and so when you're trying to control and be pedantic um you will be easily thrown off center. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a delicate dance. It is very nuanced. It's very nuanced. And so I, I suggest that what would be really healthy is tuning into what yes feels like in your body. Taking a deep breath in this moment and, and thinking about something that feels really, truly aligned for you where you just want to say yes to that and then noticing how that feels in your body and then I want you to think about things that don't feel like yes things that are a no might be eating fast food because you value what you put in your body so that feels like no what does that feel like in your body about really tuning into the sensations and understanding what that feels like and not understanding but feeling what that feels like and respecting that feeling <sighs> now one thing I want to touch on before I finish up is the difference between the edge of your comfort zone and your no and sometimes it can get a little bit confusing growth resides in the edge of your comfort zone and sometimes that doesn't feel comfortable and sometimes that doesn't feel like a yes so you get to discern and decide is this an edge of your comfort zone by saying yes or no to something or is it a boundary thanks for tuning in to the deep end podcast I look forward to having a chat with you on the next episode. Speak to you soon.